0: Coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fourth Ward, Atlanta. Welcome Welcome. to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts.
1: And I want to thank you for not only tuning in, but for giving me a little bit of grace. I took a few days off last week and we gave you some best ofs and hopefully they were worth a darn for you to listen to. And then yesterday, I'm not going to lie, I really enjoyed putting together our Martin Luther King Day special, re-airing a speech that Dr. King gave in uh, December of 1964 in London, just before accepting the Nobel Peace Prize. If you missed that, we've got it there in perpetuity. That is a hard word to say. Including the transcript, now at ronshowatl.com. We've got a lot to get into, but uh, I'll catch up real quick. What I did uh, was I took a trip to Vegas. And I know you're thinking, gee, that sounds tough. I mean, it was kind of a workish thing, not not for the show, not even for real estate. Okay, so I'm lying. I went to go play in a softball tournament, but the tournament didn't start until Saturday, and I decided, since uh, some friends of mine who were going to go play in that tournament as well uh, had a hotel space starting Wednesday night, why not go? So I did. There, that's why I took a few days off. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I had a good time for a few days in Vegas. Uh, It rained a good bit. It was like, actually, I think windier and chillier there than here. I know you think desert, you would think warmer and dry. Mm Mm-mm, Wasn't the case. Although I went through a lot of chapstick because I I, I don't know why. I just, for for whatever reason, atmospherically speaking, the uh, conditions in Vegas means I had to go through chapstick for some reason. Also, I played like crap in the softball tournament the entire time. So that wasn't fun. I'll get back here and work on my self-esteem with you guys. And I want to appreciate you for listening. So thank you so much. You're already making me feel better. Uh, We've got a lot to catch up on. How about our governor in Davos, Switzerland, making headlines? Yeah, we've got that. We also have some audio from the General Assembly uh, today at a a joint committee meeting with some uh, head-scratching audio. We'll talk about uh, corporate home buying versus the individual home buyer. It seems that now there seems to be some concern in the General Assembly. About what we in the industry call "I buyers," the institutional buyers who are buying up a lot of homes that they then turn into rental property for two to three years, they let the value appreciate, and then they sell it for a profit after having made profit on the rent. It's not good for the individual buyer. It's not good for the American dream of home ownership. Uh, we'll we'll dive into that in just a little bit. First things first, though. I say we go on and. And uh, dive right into Davos, Switzerland, and uh, listen to the session that Governor Brian Kemp sat in. Uh, we had uh, Brian Kemp, along with Senator Kirsten Sinema, uh, uh Senator Coons, uh, Senator Joe Manchin, uh, along with uh, J.B. Pritzer and uh, Mikey Sherrill and uh, Maria El- Elvira Salazar, all speaking uh, about the uh, perspective of the American
2: economy on the global market. So here we go. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to one of our most important panels during our annual meeting. Uh, We're so privileged to have distinguished representatives here from the U.S. Senate, uh, the House of Representatives, and two governors, and uh, hopefully after this discussion uh, we will understand more about the U.S., U.S. politics, and the role of the United States of America in the world. And America really matters. 25% of the global GDP comes from the US and 5% of the global population. So this country has done pretty well. And it's still doing well if uh, you look at the economic outlooks also that uh, World Economic Forum produces. We are uh, pretty bullish on the US. Uh, there is a lot of innovation, uh, there is still a lot of growth. And uh, we, if there is a recession, we don't predict that. But if there is one, I think it's going to be shallow. Well, that's pretty interesting newsworthy stuff right there, right?
1: It, it seems that the U.S. may be avoiding a recession, or at least a deep recession. It's interesting to note that you're going to hear Brian Kemp brag about the Georgia economy, while the Republican Party has to hand-wring about the Domestic economy and awkward. It looks like the U.S. economy is actually doing pretty well. All right, let's go on. And by the way, the moderator—I'm probably slaughtering his uh, name—Barge Barge Brindy uh, was the voice you heard uh, prior to mine. Anyway, Uh, I want you to uh, listen to uh, his question to Senator Joe Manchin uh, about the biggest priority for Congress coming into session.
2: I I was also wondering, uh, Senator, what do you think will be the biggest topics for the Senate and for the House in the two coming
0: uh, Well, you, you have to look. I mean, we all know, and I think that uh, Senator Cinema, Senator Coons, everybody. If we had uh, immigration, uh, the United States, we have to have a, a, a strong, robust employment. But you have to have legal immigration. You cannot have an immigration discussion unless you have border security. And unless you're committed to border security, we're not going to get that done. So if that's going to be it, don't waste any time. If we have to do permitting. We can't meet the goals that we need to be energy independent unless we can get the job done. And you can't get the job done in the United States if it takes five, seven, and ten years to permit something that takes two and three years, even in Europe. So we've got to change that. We think there's some, some deals to be made from the standpoint. The main thing about negotiation is you can't get everything you want. You know, you can try to improve it. Now, if you're improving it, do you take that as a win and move on to the next? Or do you say it wasn't good enough? So you let the perfect be the
1: enemy of the good. That's not who we are. See, now I'm as progressive as a Bernieiac can possibly be, and this is one of those moments where I point to my progressive friends and say, "You know what? Every once in a while, y'all got to listen to Joe Manchin and, and be happy that he's still with the party. He votes with Biden, like what, 89 percent of the time. I, I would definitely take that over a Republican who would vote with Biden, you know, 30 percent of the time or less. He's right. We do have to work on immigration policy that makes a pathway to legal citizenship." a one and a half, two, two and a half year project versus a five to seven year scenario. And one of the ways that gumming up the immigration process in the United States is biting ourselves in the butt is when you look at the ratio of workers to social security beneficiaries. One of the reasons social security is in trouble is because that ratio, the ratio of workers to social security beneficiaries, has been declining since 1960 when it was like five to one. It's below three now. It's closer to two to one. And when you have such a decrease in that ratio, you just have so much less coming in to cover the beneficiary going out. And as the United States population continues to trend older, that's only going to get worse. And one of the reasons we see that deficit growing the way it is, that ratio declining, is because we've clamped down on immigration into this country. I promise you we're going to get to the part where Brian Kemp, who's on the panel, speaks, but there's still a lot to talk about here when it comes to immigration. And we're starting to hear, dare I say, some bipartisanship and some actual potential to get something done. Kirsten
2: Cinema also on this panel, she got to weigh in. Senator Sinema, uh, you're from Arizona. I guess immigration is a big thing uh, in Arizona?
3: It is. And unfortunately, Arizonans have suffered from the last 40 years of the federal government's failure to address this crisis, um, which is why this is something that I've been spending so much time and energy working on this. Folks in, in our uh, participating in this panel tonight might know that uh, in the winter, just before the Christmas holidays, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina and I um, put out a immigration framework that both addresses security issues around creating a secure border so we can deter individuals who want to bring dangerous drugs and criminals into the country, which, by the way, are happening, it's happening on a nearly unimpeded basis right now, because we do not have the personnel. We're not utilizing the technology to effectively stop this type of crisis um, of drugs and, uh, and dangerous individuals entering our country. But we also need to reform the asylum system. Right now, we have an asylum system that actually creates a pull factor for criminal cartels in South America to bring individuals to this country, to our country, who have no legal basis for a permanent path to citizenship. So we want to combine that with also making changes to our system to create a path to citizenship for dreamers, to ending the visa backlog so that we can actually hire the talent we need at all edges and across the entirety of the spectrum. So Senator Tillis and I proposed this framework right before the Christmas holidays. As most folks are aware, we ran out of time to push that legislation through because of the budget process. However, we came back in early January and just last week, Senator John Cornyn of Texas a border senator and myself led a delegation of four republicans three democrats and myself an independent to the border in both Texas and Arizona we began talking about our framework and we are building the bipartisan coalition that we believe will allow us to pass legislation through both the house and the senate this year
1: I want to believe her but I have my doubts about that house part house and senate mm. Now I was talking about earlier the worker to beneficiary ratio being an issue, the graying of the American population, and
2: the moderator, of this panel actually touched on that thank you um w- One thing I was reflecting on is that a strength for the u s if you know, compare uh, the demography uh, between the u s and for example China, where you see you no know, um labor force is going down for the first time. While in the US, the demography is still uh, quite favorable. So by 2050, uh, America still will be as young as today. But it is also changing and we know there's lack of labor. So who do you think about this? You know, the US was the land of opportunities. Most of you have like very diverse backgrounds. Who, when you also need people in the years to come. Will you then let people in? And on and on what premises if you're stopping now your borders? So the
3: key is to create a system where we get to choose as a nation who we will invite into the country and who we will not. Right now, because our immigration security system is completely broken, we're not choosing who gets to come and who doesn't. The cartels are choosing. And that is not sustainable for our country.
1: See this is the maddening stuff that comes out of Kirsten Sinema's mouth and why I'm I'm not all that unhappy she's not a democrat anymore because that sounded very trumpian. They're not sending their best and their brightest. They're sending mules and coyotes. Come on. Drug cartels aren't the reason we have tens of thousands of people coming to our border. They're being chased here by cartels and by economic and criminal instability in Central and South America. And what fuels the cartels is this country's appetite for drugs, which we could be dealing with if we had access to universal health care that treated drug abuse? Ah, it's another one of those classic scenarios where we invest in ourselves and save ourselves headaches in other areas. If we're investing in ourselves, so that anyone who needed rehabilitation for a substance abuse problem could get it without bankrupting themselves or their families, then we might not have drug cartels even surviving south of our border and sending tens of thousands of asylum seekers here to our southern border. Such a conservative, America-centric mindset. It really is. We're not the problem. Someone else outside our border is the problem, and we have to point our fingers at them.
0: More after this. More Ron Show on America One Radio after this.